What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino tonight, but Ray, we got a nice two-man pod, and we're talking about teams that we really like, their three-year outlook. So we're taking a little bit look down the road. Yeah, no, I'm pumped up. Uh, Dean with the last-minute cancellation. I listened <laughs> last week when I was out. I actually had an excuse. I was getting shit on a little bit. Uh, my looks were brought into question, which is pretty fucked. But yeah, it was never about your work ethic. It was yeah, just your looks. Well, I mean, with Dean missing, our, the average IQ of this podcast just went up. So I, <laughs> I maintain that that's more important. So let's fucking go. Let's kill it. That's fair enough. So we're each going to go through three teams that we really like their three-year outlook. Before we get through that, just want to take you through some uh, some little notes, some little quibs about the salary cap and paying quarterbacks because as we've seen in the past that quarterbacks on the rookie deal has been the bread and butter for, for NFL teams that want to grow their team. But since the NFL instituted the salary cap in 1994, only one team had ever won the Super Bowl with a quarterback taking up more than 13% of the salary cap. And that was in the first year that it was instituted with Steve Young and the San Francisco 49ers. That changed last year with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, where he took around 17% of the cap. And then since that salary cap in 1994, six quarterbacks have won the Super Bowl on their rookie deals. Brady in 01, Roethlisberger in 05, Eli Manning in 07, Russell Wilson in 2013, would-be Carson Wentz, it was Nick Foles in 2017, and then Patrick Mahomes in 2019. And then five quarterbacks since Steve Young have won the Super Bowl while taking up even more than 10% of the salary cap. Brady's done it three times. Peyton Manning's done it twice. Eli Manning did it once. Matt Stafford did it in his first year with the Rams. And now Mahomes has done it this past season. So the salary cap has now been set this year at $225 million. So a quarterback making $30 million a year would put that team at around that 13% cap threshold. So when we talk about this, this threshold, that we want to talk about guys like Geno Smith, and guys like Daniel Jones, who just got paid, so puts it puts it into question, is this the best way to build a team and what teams are doing it right? So I thought that was really, really interesting when I was taking a, a deep dive into some of those some of those numbers. Yeah, I mean, just paying a quarterback just makes the GM's job so much harder. You gotta be perfect everywhere else. Um, but I mean, I think like you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes doing this this past season, that's such an outlier just because of the level of play he's at. Like if you're going to have someone do it, he's got to be the best or a top three best quarterback in the league. So it's like, I think in reference to those, the Geno Smith, Daniel Jones contract, it's more so, I don't know if that even like help gives those teams hopes really. Like it's just more so you, if you pay your elite elite guys, they can still get it done. But I think given those mid tier guys, uh, those fat contracts are going to co- still come back to bite them in the asses a little bit. Right. And, and teams have definitely gotten smarter about how to maneuver the salary cap, obviously, since since 1994. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how the whole salary cap evolves. And obviously, like you said, Mahomes is a complete outlier. And we talked about it so many times. How many quarterbacks can actually win you a Super Bowl? Can a Geno Smith win you a Super Bowl? Can a Daniel Jones win you a Super Bowl? Especially when you're paying them these type of deals. Remains to be seen, I think, for us. Um, but let's get into it. Give me your first team that you really like their their three year outlook. I mean, we gotta start off at the top. We gotta start off with the Chiefs, and I feel like a little bit of a a punk for choosing them to, to start it off. But when you talk a three year outlook, and like I just said, like I I like when I started this exercise, I was looking for teams with 
young quarterbacks on their rookie deals who are like looking looking really bright in their future. Um, I'm sh- I'm sure we'll talk about another one later that came off the top of my head that you you picked up right away, obviously. But if you're not gonna, there's not many of those teams out there. I feel like the rookie quarterbacks in these last, it's hard to um, buy in so much and see them winning a Super Bowl, except for maybe a handful of f- a handful of few. So. I'm just going to start with the best quarterback in the league who's proved that he can do it while getting paid that sort of money. So, I mean, that's where you got to start with talking about them. They have Patrick Mahomes, so they can win in any year. Uh, he just signed that 10-year, $450 million contract a few years back. His cap number, I think this year, is around $39 million, so up a little bit from last year, 35 but still not, not that much. And I think um, just given that their success in drafting lately, I think it just makes them – Makes their um their future outlook I think just expand a little that, that much more just because they're getting these guys cheap who come in and contribute from day one. So even last year they had uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Jalen Watson in the seventh round come in and be key contributors in their Super Bowl victory. The year before that they took Trey Smith, who's one of the best guards in the game now, Pro Bowler in the sixth round, and then a couple years before that on day three they got Lejarius Sneed, who's a, a big contributor in that secondary. So they've proven that they can draft on day three, I think that helps uh, supplement the talent of the team enormously, When you're, especially when you're paying that quarterback that t- type of money. Um, obviously, you have Travis Kelsey to go along with him, who's, who's locked up for these next three years as well. That will take him through his age 36 season. Do you think he makes it that far? I guess he's I not slowing down. He's not, it's not slowing down now. I think assuming health and just his desire to keep playing is there. I think he'll he'll play out the contract, and I think he'll be the Travis Kelsey that we all know. Definitely this year, I think he'll be seventy percent of them through the left, through that end of the contract. So I don't. There's not really much to go off of to assume that he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. And then just another reason to love them. Uh, just despite their massive contract to Mahomes, they're relatively cap healthy for uh, the time being. I think they're projected to have $30 million in cash space going to next year. That's 11th most. This is according to spot, uh, spot Rack. They do have Chris Jones, who's up, that they'll need to um, obviously extend. I don't see them I don't see them letting him walk out the door. He's the most disruptive player in their front seven, probably top five disruptive player in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to let him walk out. But they can – Mahomes' contract is relatively um, – I'm not sure maneuverable is the right word, but they can – kick the can down the road. He's got so many years and they have so much in just roster bonuses that if they convert that stuff to signing bonuses, they can spread it out uh, across the duration of his contract. So I was, I would assume they would try to get a little funny and do that in the years going forward, just to work out the space to resign some guys like Chris Jones. Uh, I guess some areas of concern for me, just the lack of true, a true number one wide receiver on the outside. It's gotta be something a little worrisome. Sure, they have Kelsey, like we just said, he's not really slowing down anytime soon, but their wide receiving core is kind of just uh, like a ragtag group. I want to, that's not the only way I can describe it. Kadarius Tony, who Dean says uh, pulls his hamstring every other play. You got uh, Rasheed Rice, they just drafted the second round. I thought they overdrafted him. I think I actually brought that up in our uh, one of our post draft episodes. Sky Moore, who feel like he was more of just like a, a weapon rather than a receiver this past year. Maybe we'll see if he takes on a little bit larger role going forward. And then uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling this year. So that's one thing. They're going to need one of those guys to step up. They did – I guess they have invested relatively high draft capital in those guys. Uh, they got Kadarius Tony for a third. Rasheed Rice, they traded up in the second round to get him. And then Sky Moore was a third as well, right? Or am I uh, – Two. 
He's a two? Yeah. Back in a two? Yeah, so they, they've invested uh, heavy draft capital in that position. I think if one of those guys steps up, it just makes their future outlook that much more impressive. Right. Yeah, I mean, we said it at the top. Patrick Mahomes is, is a complete outlier, so your guys don't have to be as good with him on the field, but you're right. I'm I'm actually taking a look at their their salary cap right now for the next few years. I feel like it is pretty maneuverable. Um, and kicking the can down on Mahomes, I mean, hey, he could do a Bobby Bonilla day if if they really wanted to. I mean, it could be Patrick Mahomes day every single year until 2070 if they wanted to play that contract out like that. Dude, it's crazy because like this contract goes for another. It goes through uh, 2031, and he has like. This next year, this year is twenty-two million in roster bonus. The year after that's thirty-four million dollars in roster bonus, and then thirty-eight million dollars in roster bonus. So he can just if they convert that to a signing bonus, they spread that shit out. That creates so much space for a team. That shit's so like helpful for them. Right. And like, sure, at the end of the contract, maybe he will his cap hit will, instead of being fifty will be more like sixty seventy sixty-five seventy-ish. But who knows where the cap, like what the cap ceiling is going to be by then anyway? So give right. me give, give me some more fucking players now right. on them. All right, I'm going to go to uh, their other Super Bowl counterpart as my first team, the Philadelphia Eagles. They've just done a tremendous job in the last few years drafting. They are just loaded with talent everywhere. I feel like they're too deep at almost every position. The front office has done a great job with some of their trades. They're getting capital. I mean, they had two first-round picks last year. They have uh, New Orleans' second-round pick this next year in 24. So they've done a great job. Um, identifying players and drafting really good players. And they've also done a great job in, in their salary cap department too. I mean, they have a bunch of these guys on really team-friendly deals and they have these contracts set up with a ton of void years and they've kicked the can down because they realize the the win-now window that they're in. I'll go through some of the guys. Jalen Hurts just got his deal. Uh, pretty big deal, but for the next three years, this is a really, really fr- team-friendly deal. He'll make six million against the cap this year, thirteen and a half next year, and then twenty-two million in twenty twenty-five. That does balloon to thirty-five and then forty-seven. Um, the two years after that. But for these next three years, really team-friendly deal for a quarterback who just got you to the Super Bowl. Um, AJ Brown, another guy on a really team-friendly deal, nine million this year and twelve in twenty twenty-four. He's under contract through 2027. Devonta Smith is also under contract with his fifth-year option coming up in 2025. So those two guys who, especially Devonta Smith, who solidified himself, I think, as a top 15 receiver in the league this past year. They got two really good ones under contract. Um, this offensive line and this defensive line has been the the making of, of this team all of those guys are all locked up, and they're loaded with talent. On the offensive line, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Cam Jurgens, and Tyler Steen are all locked up for at least the next two years, most of them through 2025. And then whatever Jason Kelsey gives you for the next year um, is just an added bonus. On the defensive line, Josh Sweat, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith are all locked up for these next few years. And then the uh, the veterans, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham all have deals which which will take them through the next two, three years. But I feel like Fletch is probably done after this year. And uh, who knows about Brandon Graham? They'll probably move off of him. And then this offseason, somehow they brought this secondary back with, with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. I thought all of us thought at least one of them were gone. Can't believe they were able to bring back both of them. They brought back Avante Maddox as well. And now they've drafted 
Keely Ringo in the fourth round, great value there, and Sidney Brown in the third round. So I feel like we've talked about this team a lot. I know people call me a homer for for rooting for the Eagles, um, but they have just done such a great job drafting talent and doing a really good job in the salary cap department, getting really team-friendly deals and just being a really deep team. Some of the concerns I have for this team, um, because they're so successful, they've lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator this year to head coaching jobs. So it's very important for for the people on their staff that they keep getting these opportunities to keep this culture that they're building. So that, that's a tough thing that they, they'll have to overcome with both uh, Shane Steichen and, uh, and Jonathan Gannon gone this year. The running back room moving forward outside of this year is going to be Barron, DeAndre Swift, and Rashad Penny are going to be free agents. Um, Dallas Goddard also, he's going to need to get restructured in 2024, 25. He's going to make north of $19 million. And that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. He's a good player, but for a guy who hasn't had more than four touchdowns in the last three seasons, that's a lot of money to pay to a tight end. Um, especially for a guy that, uh, is most likely the third option on this team. But man, this team is really impressive. This front office is really, is done a really great job. Uh, surrounding Jalen Hurts with the right pieces and, and building this team the right way, and they're going to be a force for the next three years. The fact that Philly fans were or still are, I don't know if they still are, hating on Howie Roseman is fucking insane and, like, yeah. the most Philly trash. I don't think they do been. anymore. They better not, dude. Like, <laughs> even when they were – I remember, like, um, Studer was shitting on him. Like, dude, how do you shit on this guy? It doesn't even well, make sense. Well, they were all they were a little butthurt, and, I mean, rightfully so. They took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Could you imagine what this team looks like if they have Justin <laughs> Jefferson? I mean, yeah, that's a bad trait. That's a bad move, but, like, every, <laughs> everyone has their misses. They've been, yeah. I mean, they go from Carson Wentz to winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles to now Jalen Hurts, like, and they just just keep fucking retooling and reloading. I mean, I don't know, man. This this organization's as top tier as it gets, in my opinion. I agree. All right, who's your second team? Uh, my second team is going to – I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of surprising it's coming from me, but the Detroit Lions. Ooh, uh, yeah, my guys. So, yeah, these are your guys. You left them out there for me. Um, you took some teams that I wanted to take, but – We'll let it go. Don't matter who says them. But yeah. the Lions are an interesting team, man. They're coming off that big year. The big year they just narrowly missed the playoffs, and I think the start they're in such a winnable division, man. No more Aaron Rodgers to, to torment them. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there for. That's a team that's not really healthy uh, cap wise. I think that they're very beatable. And then the Chicago Bears, who are another young up and coming team, but they haven't really shown like put put it on paper yet. You know they they're. Um, a lot of potential, not much substance as, as of yet. So this this division's ripe for the taking, and the Lions are a team that's up and coming. And, and it starts up front. Um, their offensive line, it's crazy how this team kind of just rebranded themselves into like a tough up-front team. And it's relatively overnight due to Dan Campbell. But uh, Taylor Decker at left tackle, Jonah Jackson at left guard, Frank Ragnow at center. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't. Vitae at right guard. No, no yeah, chance. Vitae. Yeah, Vitae. And then uh, Penny Sewell, who's one of the best tackles in the game at right tackle. So this is a team that this is an offensive line that's locked up for the foreseeable future. I think they're, uh, I think Taylor Decker is the only one who's up relatively soon, and that's after the 2024 season when he'll be th- he'll be 31. So who knows at that point? Maybe Penny Sewell's ready to slide over to the left tackle, and then you can just keep reloading. But this team's built up front, and to go along with that, this offense and just in general is just built really, really solidly all over. Jared Goff with a resurgent year this past season. 
Uh, threw for 4,400 yards, completed 65% of his passes, 29 touchdowns, seven picks. And he's a guy who's shown that he can win. He got the, he did get the Rams to the Super Bowl. Yep. May not be the flashiest quarterback in the league. Um, he signed for the next two years at $30 million. But what I really love about this this uh, quarterback room in general, I think the draft drafting of Hendon Hooker in the third gives him just so much flexibility to work. Uh, if Jared Goff continues to prove that he can get it done in this offense, uh, is Ben Johnson offense, and let let's, let him go, let him keep cooking. But let's say he he regresses back a little bit to the mean this this year that he uh, that pretty much what got him th- uh, kicked out of L.A. You have someone in, right in the wings and Hendon Hooker who has a lot of upside. He has a dual threat ability, a big arm who could take over and you get that quarterback on a rookie contract with some upside. So I think that the flexibility they have in the quarterback room is really enticing. And then to go along with it, they have dynamic uh, skill position talent surrounding the quarterback. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the best young wide receivers in the game. Uh, he's got a massive chip on his shoulder, which I love. And I'm, I guarantee uh, Dan Campbell loves it too. He just had 106 catches this past year, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. And if Jameson Williams can just stay on the field, I mean, gambling, injuries aside, one of the best uh, one-two punches in the league. I guess a young wide receiver core, that is. Um, and then they're another team, super healthy cap-wise. And that's with paying Jared Goff 30 mil. I think next year, going into next season, they have projected to have $47 million uh, in cap space, the seventh most in the NFL. With no one, no real big names coming up. I think Romeo Arquara is a pending free agent. Obviously, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who they just gave a one year deal to, is going to be a free agent next year. Um, But besides that, they don't really have many big names. Like I said, Goff, but you have the flexibility. Goff is a free agent after 2024, but you have the flexibility with Hendon Hooker, where that may not even be an issue. That, to be honest, that may even be an upgrade. Um, so I just really love the ver- the uh, flexibility this team has and just the fact that they're up and coming, tough and hungry in a very winnable division. And then obviously, this there's obviously negative to go with this team. Their defense was just absolutely horrific this past season. So you're not, they're not going anywhere with a defense like that. They were 28th in scoring defense, third most passing yards allowed, fourth most rushing yards allowed. Uh, so just absolutely brutal from on all, all ends of the ball. But uh, they brought in three new stars in free agency uh, in the secondary with Cam Sutton, um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and then Mosley. And then they end up drafting uh, Jack Campbell in the first, which is pretty pretty wild to me. Uh, but, hey, they love him. He's, they got to get tougher up front on their that defense. And they got Brian Branch in the second. So this defense could be completely remade, and that's also going with Aiden Hutchinson, who I think is going to be – one of the best defensive ends in the game. I think he's very, uh, just great hands, tenacious. I think he fits the mantra of this defense really well. He's someone that they're going to build around going forward. And then obviously James Houston, another pass rusher, had a massive year. So they they got they got those the juice off the edge. Now it's all about just complementing that defense as a whole. And I think that they have the they have the means financially to do it, which they've showed this offseason, and they can add on to it. And then draft capital wise, they've invested heavily into that D as well. So. I think this team is up and coming, but that defense needs to prove it before we can really truly buy in. Yeah, I mean, you know, I love love this Lions team. Uh, you love how um, they've been building the past few years, and you hit it the nail on the head. The, the drafting of Hendon Hooker gives them so much flexibility to be really good these next few years with golf, and then they can kind of pivot and wait till he's ready 
and all these guys are under contract. This defense, like you said, I think is going to look brand new this year with this new the, this new look secondary. I think it's going to give a ton of uh, time for for Hutchinson and Houston, like you said, to to get after the quarterback. I think they are primed and poised to make a, a run through the playoffs this year. They're going to be a really interesting team team to watch. I mean, I think the NFL sees it too with them getting that that first game of the of the season against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll say this too. I I mean, Goff, he's been a kind of a middle of the pack quarterback, but in the NFC, he's debatably a top three quarterback in the conference. He and I say, he, I th- and I think he's a, definitely a top five. I would say conservatively, like conservatively speaking. So, and. All you gotta do is get. I mean, you get in the playoffs, anything can happen in that conference. So, I think the upside's there, and I'm curious to see if they can finally put together. Detroit deserves it, man. So, I'm rooting for them. They do, and big, big for them bringing back Ben Johnson. You mentioned him as well, their offensive coordinator, who's was a hot name uh, coming for a head coaching job. I think probably next year he'll, he'll be. I, I was gonna say that's one thing I wanted to touch on is that Ben Johnson probably is gonna go and I mean assuming they don't regress drastically coming into this season he's someone who I don't see him being there for the next three years and three-year outlook but hey maybe they have a, a coaching little uh system coming up where they can just replace him relatively easy same same uh offensive mentality and they just keep the ball rolling right the next team I'm going to mention is uh is the Cincinnati Bengals an- another team that has had a ton of success in the past few years, making the Super Bowl, being in the AFC Championship game, it all starts with Joe Burrow. Um, he's under contract through 2024. He's got his fifth year option in 24, and then they're going to need to pay him. Obviously, he's going to get a fat deal. Um, Jamar Chase, great weapon for them, is under contract through 24. His fifth year option is in 2025. Orlando Brown, Alex Kappa are all under contract through 25. Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, Jackson Carmen are all under contract for the next two years. And then kind of taking a look at this defensive line, Miles Murphy, who they drafted this year. I really like that pick. I think they got great value from him. Uh, Sam Hubbard is also under contract through 2025 through the next three years. Trey Hendrickson and BJ Hill are under contract through the next two years. So really nice for their defensive line who started to pick it up last year. Um, And then the secondary is kind of a new look secondary. A lot of those guys are gone. Um, But I think Dax Hill, Cam Taylor Britt, DJ Turner, who they drafted this year, Jordan Battle, who they drafted this year. All those guys are mature players um, who I think are going to make an impact this year are all under contract for the next three years. Mike Hilton is also under contract through 2024. So a lot still going for the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously it starts and ends with Joe Burrow. He's been a top three quarterback in the league for the past two years. He's been absolutely dynamic. So um, would love to see what they got in terms of his contract. And like you said, too, with with uh with Detroit, this is another relatively cap healthy team, especially next year, which is a very big year for them. They got 38 million, almost 39 million in cap space next year. They're the ninth highest team in that area. Um, and a next year's big year for them because T Higgins is a free agent. There's been a lot of, I won't call it rumors because they shut that down immediately when <laughs> they talk about the trades for T Higgins. They said, get your own wide receivers. It'll be interesting to see what they do because they're obviously going to pay Jamar Chase when the time comes, but are they going to pay T Higgins? I think the way their cap space is looking right now that they will, um, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of deal he gets. I mean, he's going to get north of 20 million, so he's he's due for a, a big deal. Um, some other kind of concerns that I have, that they need to draft some offensive linemen moving forward. They couldn't protect Burrow 
in his first year. He got injured. And even when they made the Super Bowl run, that offensive line was pathetic. Um, and they've kind of had this revolving door. I think they thought Lyle Collins was the answer at left tackle. Now they've brought in Orlando Brown to to play left tackle. So they paid a bunch of these guys, and that is going to catch up with them. They need to draft some offensive linemen. Um, and I think they have enough good players now where they can maneuver the draft a little bit better um, and move up for for some offensive linemen. They need to take some more swings um, in that department. Also, the running back room um, with Joe Mixon, he's aging. He's getting less efficient year by year. The legal issues pending. Um, Samaje Pirine, who was actually really good for them last year in his stint filling in for, for Joe Mixon, he's gone. So hopefully Chase Brown, who they drafted this year can take some of that workload, but that running back room is a little bit of a mess right now. Um, in terms of, in terms of the future outlook, and then another big question for them is going to be what, did, what they do with Jonah Williams. He's kind of had an up and down career so far in terms of his play and in terms of his injuries. So they've paid all these offensive linemen. I cannot see them paying another one unless they cut bait um, with one of those guys I mentioned who are under contract. So we'll be interesting to see what they do with him next I think, year. I think Jonah, I think Jonah's going to end up getting moved before the season. I think he's already demanded the trade. I think that's just going to add to the draft capital and help them keep retooling once they pay Burrow. Right. But yeah. It's really interesting because they do have a lot of guys, but they're paying all these guys um, some pretty stiff contracts, especially for, uh, Orlando Brown, we're, we're talking about. Um, the secondary is also a, a question mark moving forward. They moved off of Jesse Bates, is gone. Von Bell's gone. Trey Flowers, Eli Apple, all these guys who have been here the past few years, who have been with the, the team for these deep runs. So one of these guys, Dax, the guys I mentioned, Dax Hill, Cam Taylor Britt, DJ Turner, Jordan Battle, those guys are going to have to step up and play big for them because. The AFC is no joke with all these quarterbacks. You got to be able to cover these wide receivers. Um, so we'll be interesting to see how they do on that front. And then this division, this division is just a gauntlet. It has always been a gauntlet. It's always been a tough as shit division to play in the AFC North. But I really like the outlook for the next three years of all four of these teams in this division. Burrow is obviously the best quarterback in this division, but the Ravens just paid Lamar. Watson's under contract. I really like what the Cleveland Browns have done in the past few years, developing their team. And the Steelers have just continued to add talent. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is the answer, but the team around them always plays up. Mike Tomlin always has those guys ready to play. Um, so this division is really tough. So for the Bengals to to keep pace as the head of this division, it's going to be really tough, but they do have the best quarterback in the division to do so. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Bengals move forward, but um, I really love what they're doing, and, and Joe Burrow is uh, is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I love Swaggy B. I think that he's second-best quarterback in the NFL, and I think it's a lot closer than people think for him being number one. And once they pay him, it, it will get more difficult, but I don't know, man. That offense is just so goddamn dynamic. They have, they're have probably one of the most – I think, obviously, besides Kansas City, the most dynamic offense in the league. Yeah, I agree. All right, who's your last team that you got? Yeah, so this is my my dart throw. I kind of went with the the defending champs, and then an up and coming team. Now I'm going with a team that was fucking miserable last year. That's the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they let's be, let's just say it how it is though. They underperformed. Uh, they won. Exactly. They had the second least scoring offense in the league at 17 points per game. They they scored 26 and a half points per game the, the year prior. That's a fucking massive regression. And then on defense, they were fourth. They allowed the fourth most points per game, 25.1 points. 
their defense was better the year prior to 21 and a half. So I got to think those things are correlated. Obviously they had an entire coaching change. They clean cleared house and they brought in Shane Steichen to fix that offense. And I love Gus Bradley to fix the D someone who's just been around the block has so much experience and just, and especially in this, they can keep the scheme the same. Like he still runs that attacking uh four, three type of scheme. So I love that. This team's got a lot of talent, man, on both sides of the ball. If you really think about it, the, the, their problem has just been that co- the quarterback. They, they struggled to find one to uh, help fix it. Matt Ryan obviously wasn't the guy. Carson Wentz clearly wasn't the fucking guy. Phillip Rivers is eh. So now they say fuck it. They go young and they just go straight steal- ceiling in uh, Anthony Richardson. I do love the com- I love the uh, combination between him and Shane Steichen. I think Steichen will be able to get the most of his legs early on while his arm and I guess just mind overall being able to see the game develop. And then him and Jonathan Taylor in the same backfield is the most, one of the most dynamic backfields in the game. I think probably the most dynamic backfield running the ball in the game. So got to love that combination and just their offensive line. I think it's pretty well put together as a core. I know they've been, there's another unit that's kind of been banged up. This whole team as a whole has been banged up and they've kind of underperformed, but I think, um, Quentin Nelson's still one of the best guards in the game. I know he's kind of just got to stay healthy and put it all together again. But uh, Ryan Kelly is a great center. His contract up in two years, I believe. I think as is Braden Smith, the right tackle. But those are all big pieces. And I think if they can just get one of those other tackles to hit, whether it's Bernard Raymond, who they drafted uh, two years, I guess last year, two years ago. I don't know how you want to phrase it. But uh, Blake Freeland and Jake Witt this year, who are both insanely athletic guys. And they can just develop one of those guys and let have some stability at that left tackle position. I think this whole unit comes together really nicely. And then as just a pa- their pass catching core, I fucking I'm obsessed with this wide receiving core. I think Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, and then Alec Pierce, they comp- they all complement them each other really well. And I think it's gonna really help Anthony Richardson just develop as a passer overall. I think he's gonna re- this is gonna be a running team clearly to start of the season, but once he starts getting some confidence and in rhythm in this offense that they don't have to generate some easy throws, I think it's going to really come together nicely. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they just added so many freaks. It's especially in this, in this draft. It's crazy. They got the two long corners in Julius Brents and Darius rush. I think to go with who they already have in that room in Kenny, uh, Kenny Moore, who can kind of play inside outside. I think that that, they have the potential to be a really nice unit on, in that secondary. And then DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart on the interior of that defensive line, along with Quiddy Pay. And then you throw in another just absolute freak like Adetamiwa, Adabare. I think this defense is going to be a lot better than it were the previous year. I think health is just the name of the game with this team. That's the one thing that really does concern me. Uh, this team really needs to stay healthy. We all know Shaq Leonard missed a lot of time the last couple of years. And then J- Jonathan Taylor – He's got a lot of wear and tear on the tires. They That was a big concern coming out. And then after that monster 2021 season, he really just missed a lot of time this past year. So I think health is the big risk with this team. And then obviously the big question mark at quarterback. But if they hit on quarterback, this is a team that's going to be dominating that division for a long time, I think. Yeah. yeah I mean, Anthony Richardson, the, the ceiling is sky high. And I agree with you. I really like this offensive line. I know they played like shit last year, but I watched a lot of Indianapolis Colts last year because I had Jonathan Taylor on on my fantasy (laughs) team. Um, And it was just, it was really disheartening to watch them play last year. 
it looked like they were almost disinterested. They they weren't giving full effort. So hopefully this new regime with Steichen, with Anthony Richardson, kind of gets everybody juiced up again, and uh, and this offensive line is ready to go. But you you said it. This team has a ton of talent. They underperformed last year, but I, I think they'll be ready to go this year. They have so many athletes. I think it's just I, I think they're betting on Shane Steichen to try to coach them up, and just in particular, just try to get the most out of the athleticism. It's going to be risky. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think. Oh my God! Oh, sorry, Met game. That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. That was like a slow. <laughs> that was like a slow pitch softball play. You'll see it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, just you, you go with your last team. That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> all right, I'll round this out here with my last team. Um, yeah, pretty interesting that all three of my teams are all playoff teams. But you know, when you when you got the quarterbacks, yeah. it's 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 hard to. It's hard to deny their their three year outlook. Well, well you're I, unorig- you're unoriginal. You're like the guy in the bar from Goodwill Hunting, you know. Oh sure. Okay. <laughs> as you take my teams, um, I, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars as my final team. Um, this this team was really interesting because I think at the beginning of last year, I had no hope for this team. I thought that Urban Meyer had fucked up Trevor Lawrence so bad that there was no coming back from it, and. Doug Peterson just did an absolute fantastic job with him and the, and the rest of this offense. And I think they're going to continue to take steps forward and just be uh be a really dominant force in this weak division. I mean, this division could be theirs for the taking for the next few years with all three of those teams are going to have rookie quarterbacks probably playing this year. Houston with Stroud, Tennessee with Will Levis and, and Indianapolis, who we just mentioned with Anthony Richardson. So this could be Trevor Lawrence's division for the next few years. Um, if they play this right, Trevor Lawrence, he's got his fifth year option in 2025. So he's under contract. Um, that fifth year option is going to be like 30 million because he made the pro bowl, um, in 2025, Travis Etienne is also going to have his fifth year option come up in 2025. He hasn't made a pro bowl. So I think it's around 6 million for the running backs. Um, this wide receiving core is really interesting. I think everybody's shit on them for paying Christian Kirk so much but he was really really good last year for them dude he was really good for them um and and zay jones was was good for them too last year they're both under contract through 2025 um so they they got the pieces there uh on the outside that lawrence feels comfortable with their offensive line has done some some shifting they've signed a lot of guys last year but cam robinson's under contract for the next two years anton harrison who's going to play left tackle probably with his suspension for cam robinson um, is on his rookie deal. Walker Little, I feel like they really believe in him. That's why they let uh, Juwan, uh, Juwan Taylor go to Kansas City. Luke Fortner is on his rookie deal. Um, they were bottom five in sacks allowed, so really, really strong part of their team. Brandon Sheriff, obviously, he's aging, but he's also under contract for the next few years, so really like what their offensive line has done the past few years. This linebacker room is solid and in, are all under contract. Foyle Loku, Devin Lloyd, Chad Muma, uh, those two guys, those last two guys, both on their rookie deals, played really well last year. Um, and then in the secondary, Tyson Campbell really emerged last year as a top 10 corner in the league. He's under contract through 24. Um, Andre Cisco, another good safety. Darius Williams, are, they're also under contract for the next two years. So that 2025 year when Lawrence is up for his fifth year option, ETN up here for his fifth year option, and some of these corners are up for, for deals is going to be interesting to see how they how they do. But they do have their top 10 in 2024 and 2025 in terms of players signed on their on their roster 
Um, so they have a lot of these guys locked up for the next few years. So they've done a really good job at getting these guys in, getting them on pretty team-friendly deals. Um, the two players that I'm looking at for their future outlook that I, that I have a little bit of worry about, a little cause for concern. The first one is Calvin Ridley, who they traded for this past year. I thought that was a really, really nice trade for them with all the conditions that they have set in for it. Um, if they re-sign him next year, that pick gets moved to a second in 2024, but you have to assume that this team is going to be a playoff team and that is going to be a back end of the second round. If he just plays this year and then they let him go, um, it's only a three-year deal. Uh, it's only a third-round pick, excuse me. Um, so that deal will be interesting. He'll be coming up on almost his age 30 season after this year. He'll be looking for a big-time deal, probably 18 to $20 million, I would assume. He's a really, really nice player. And then this other contract that I, I would be on the lookout for is Josh Allen, their edge rusher. Um, he, he needs a new deal after this year. Will probably be in the range of 16 to $18 million. He's a he's an interesting one, right? Because he's a really good player, but hasn't broke out in the way that I think a lot of people maybe think about him. He's only had, I think, 15 sacks in the past two years, and they get seven and eight the past two years. But he's a really good player, and they're going to have to pay him kind of because they haven't really gotten much production from anybody else. I think they're hoping that Trayvon Walker takes a big step up this next year, but he'll be an interesting contract to to see what they do. Cause I think they only have 2 million in cap space next year in 2024. But like I said, they are top 10 both years in 24 and 25 in terms of how many players they already have signed on the roster. So those are the two areas of concern I have for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I just think they're going to keep growing. And I think Doug Peterson has this offense moving on the right track and they can be really scary. They got a ton of weapons um, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, I think when I when we first started this exercise, this was team number one that came to my head. Court, young quarterback on his rookie deal who's showing that he's going to be a star. I think it's pretty obvious to say right now. Yes. And he's not up for an extension for a couple of years. So this is, this is the three-year window for a team. This is how a team, I think, sees it when you think of it in theory. So it's just going to be... It's going to be fun to see if they can put that defense together to really help maximize what Lawrence brings in this little offense that actually as a whole. Right. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our three-year outlook. Come back. We got a lot of stuff coming this offseason. We got our summer scouting coming up in a few weeks. Uh, We're going to take a look back at the 2022 draft, see how we did in terms of our rankings and our scouting We're going to redraft the 2022 draft. Uh, We got some power rankings coming up for this upcoming season. So we got content all off season for all you football junkies. Don't worry. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two and stick with us as we continue this 2023 off season. Ray, my friend, appreciate you.